and welcome to Greenwich Pantry. This is the Greenwich Pantry podcast, Life is for Cooking. Time is ticking along so fast. Can you believe that we are in September? Well, it's a fascinating month because traditionally it's been called the new January. And over the years, I've found that September brings in lots and lots of interesting things. And this year is no different. Well, apart from the pandemic, of course. But yes, we can celebrate some things and we are going to be celebrating sourdough this year and especially this month. Um, We're going to be talking to a very, very interesting guest, um, a sourdough curioso and somebody who loves food completely. I can't wait for you to listen and um, enjoy this episode. Thank you very much, Tara. That's really, it's really a pleasure uh, to be uh, uh, to be your guest today. Um, as I said, brief about myself. Uh, passionate about food, and that has been probably the story of my life. Although I haven't, it hasn't been my trade. Um, I was doing something that's completely different. But in the past couple of years, this this urge for good food really surged, and. Um, uh, in the past few months, kind of triggered a uh, career transition in a sense. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, in the past few months again, I've really focused on the sourdough uh, specifically, just because it's very. Um, uh, the process is very beautiful, and it kind of takes us back to root, and and that's exactly the sourdough revolution. Uh, what the sourdough revolution is all about It's all about going to our ancestry and the way they used to do things, going back to the organic products, the long processes, uh, the long fermentation processes, which which basically uh, transforms um, everything that is not good in flour to to and leaves us with the with the healthiest and and the best things that we can eat or give to our body uh, as you said passionate about food so it's not just sourdough it's basically i travel just to uh experience food around the world um uh, stuff that's uh, are not necessarily available in our market and um, i feel i'm on a mission uh, to kind of bring all these experiences together and uh, try to make them available to uh, the community that I belong to. Wow, that all sounds very exciting. So you um, you travel, you love to travel. Tell me, have you been anywhere recently? I mean, obviously not necessarily this year, but anywhere recently where you felt, wow, they've really, really got that sourdough um that whole process correct or do you feel like it's a very British um, invention would you would you say uh, I, I would actually I mean it is very British thing because we, we, we see it in, in almost every every place now like it's available even in our supermarkets uh, uh, now it's obviously the production of supermarkets is different than the artisan bakeries but it's almost everywhere however sourdough uh, surprisingly, because of the reading that I've been doing and, and uh, the studying, if you want, uh, self-taught, uh, is I've discovered that it goes back to 4,000, if not 5,000 BC. And, and you know, it, it goes back originally 
or they they've discovered it. They discovered the yeast in one of the jars in the pyramids. Uh, so it goes back to the uh, Egyptian times, the old Egyptian times. Uh, so I think I think sourdough is really native to every country. However, there there are different varieties and versions of them and the processes. Uh, my fatty and the shape of the loaf and uh, and the type of flour, obviously. Uh, but uh, Britain definitely has uh, has it as a culture and heritage. Many is, is known for it. Um, Spain as well, and it's big in Russia. I mean, the uh, Russian black rye sourdough bread is is very famous. And also the process is completely different. So I think, and Italy, I mean, recently there have been some reports from Italy and, and one of the oldest sourdough bakeries probably around Europe is, is in Sicily. So uh, so I think, I think yes, it is prominent here, but I think it's native to almost every country. And that's how our ancestors used to eat, basically. I'm unfortunate that I haven't quite a lot around Latin America uh, and the Caribbean and uh, uh, the Atlantic, basically. Uh, so uh, my knowledge is slightly poor part of the world, uh, but I'm definitely confident that subcontinental Europe, um, East Med and Middle East, they're, they're definitely, uh, they had it for a while now. Yeah, and what I what I find really interesting about um, what you what you've been saying is that, you know, I think you and I have had this conversation before that food is such um, a, a combiner. You know, it brings people together, and and sometimes we think that. Um, you know, we might think that a particular kind of food is only consumed in our in our own community, and then by traveling, we discover that actually. Um, they are also eating it, but they may, you know, they're probably eating it in a in a slightly different way, yeah. which which brings in the, you know, the 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 excitement that food offers us, um, and 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 also that the idea that um, you know food is not just um, to be consumed is actually a beautiful thing in itself, and and it's worth having it as a you know at the very best quality. So that brings me to think about how. Um, how difficult I guess it must be for some consumers having to endure um, not very good quality uh, when it comes to bread making especially and um, I just wanted to know what you thought about that and and maybe how people can go about um, you know understanding what is the best quality and um, how can they decipher that? Because I think one of the things about Sado September is bringing out this really important message that actually you only need like at least, well, the main ingredients, there's just three of them. And then obviously, if you want to make it more special, which I will talk about in a minute, because I, I'm intrigued by your beetroot sourdough. Um, and, uh, you know, th- then you can do other things to it. But, you know, I think there's a real danger in people um, getting used to the taste of something bad and then it becoming norm. I have yeah. a real fear about that. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you've, you've, uh, you've hit the nail on the head. Is uh, I think what's happened in, in, in the recent years, uh, the communities and the people got used to the taste of uh, industrial yeast and, and uh, the industrial processes of making things. Um, and the recent wake up and the recent revolution is because of the um, of how our bodies are tired and they're not able to cope despite the fact that technology 
should actually makes us feel easier and have, give us the time to enjoy life more. However, our health is not there to, to really um, in, enjoy all of that, these uh, advancements and so on. And it goes back to food, because food, if it's poison, uh, then obviously it's going to have that impact on your quality of life and won't enable you to do what, what you're supposed to be doing. And, um, and, and as you said, it's, it's simple. The, the fascinating thing about sourdough, as described by the... Uh, 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 it's just three elements. I mean, it's astonishing. You were just putting water, we're putting flour, and, and uh, uh, we're putting the uh, starter, basically. And, and salt, sorry. I can't even say starter, because starter is made of flour and water. So three ingredients is uh, flour, water, and salt, and then just the time. Um, and it, uh, I, I wouldn't say there is no yeast, because a lot of people think that sourdough bread doesn't have yeast. The starter, we're making this from flour and water only. There's no additive, there's no artificial ingredients. Everything is natural. However, what we're doing is because the wheat itself contains a lot of uh, elements that are not necessarily good for, for the body, but, uh, you know, the long fermentation process and feeding the sourdough over, over a period of time, allowing those bacteria to create the colonies, to break down all these uh, bad elements in the flour, and then you're just left with, with with the healthiest option. And I think that's what people need to know. That's the mission of, uh, or the objective of the Real Bread campaign, to really put emphasis and make sure that we're educating our communities and the people that we live around about uh, how bread, how good can bread be and how bad it is at the moment if it's bought from supermarkets on commercial scales, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um... Yeah, and, and just to add to that, I think, you know, we, we, we have this, um, I think we have this, this issue, this ongoing issue with, with our society where we forget that food is really a medicine in itself, you know, thinking about how food nourishes our body and, you know, many times on this pod, podcast I'm talking about food as a nutrient and the importance of getting the, the, the right nutrients for the body and I think with bread it's so important because that is one thing that we all of us consume to some extent on a very large scale, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> in, Absolutely. in even more ways than we, we care to think or we care to even... Uh, uh, you know like and and we just forget that we just um we are so dependent on nutrients for our body and and i think that you're you're right when you said at the start that you know the commercially produced and i mean we can't say that everything in that regard is is not right for us but it is important because when you talk about um you know what happens in the gut because of yeah certain kinds of uh you know way even the way you make the bread the, yeah. the, the processes the way you put together and I, I guess that's where someone like you comes in because not only do you understand the importance of um of those you know of those elements um uh being real and being um maybe you know at the very best but you also understand the, the techniques and you know yeah. that's where you come in and you can teach people and talk to them about you know this is how you make it this is where the process can go wrong and so totally. tell us about your teaching practice um, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a practice of love, I would say. I would write <laughs> it as such. It's uh, uh, I think I'll go back. There, there is nothing more beautiful than knowing that you're doing something 
your confidence really good for the body and and uh, and it, it, it becomes greater when when you know that you can trickle that knowledge to other people so um, uh, in terms of teaching is uh, sourdough there's a big off library of sourdough so you, you can make as much the, the varieties the sky is the limit with how much you can diversify uh, so the teaching is, is really on, depends on uh, the level of the person, how advanced they are, whether they are a beginner, they're starting their journey with sourdough, and there would be specific classes that are just easy to absorb, and um, they're not necessarily uh, uh, following the lengthy process that we follow in more complex sort of combinations of flour and, and different uh, ingredients that we add to uh, create different recipes. So. Um, it's a it's a variation of classes, variation of teaching. You start with the begin with the beginners, and and then intermediate, and then you have the advanced. That's when you're confident that you can make the classic, and then you really want to uh, uh, try something that's completely different. When we say something completely different, is uh, is we we're always talking about water, flour, and salt. But then, what can we add in terms of diastatic mold, non-diastatic mold, the artisan salt, the difference between the varieties of salt, uh, uh, and then some varieties of flour that we we don't necessarily have in Britain or not native to or commonly known around us, uh, like the uh, black uh, uh, rye, uh, Russian black rye, uh, for example. And of course, you have the other varieties which you can sweeten your sourdough and do sometimes some chocolate sourdough. And you, uh, I'm not gonna uh, jump and start to talk about the beetroot. Maybe you want to talk about that first. Uh, well, you mentioned chocolate, and my ears kind of kicked <laughs> up. <laughs> that, that's that's something you told me about. Or why didn't you start with the chocolate? <laughs> there you go. And the chocolate and the chocolate organic. So it's we're still we're not using. Uh, uh, it's it, it's we're still within the sourdough culture in terms of sticking to the natural ingredients because we're not talking about uh, uh, cocoa powder. You could use that if it's uh, from a good source, it's organic. But at the same time, you can just buy the cocoa beans and uh, you uh, put, put them on the mill and uh, uh, transform them into your own powder. So uh, you can you can be as authentic as you want to be with the sourdough. Uh, which leads me to say, unfor unfortunately, some some of the bakeries, without without naming, of course, uh, that we think that you could get the sourdough and the proper sourdough. However, once you st you you have the expertise or or the experience that I've built over time, you start to taste and, uh, uh, the difference when uh, when you try it, and you try another and you recognize that it is hybrid and hybrid is a term we use when a commercial yeast has been introduced along the lines along the side of the starter just to ensure that the fermentation process is not as long for commercial production sake and, and that's that's one of the important things that people should know that yes they have to be careful about their uh, artisan bakeries they have to trust them Known, we are there. Let them check the real bread campaign. They have trusted, trusted the list of uh, bakeries on there. Uh, so yeah, it's important to highlight that. But people wouldn't know about it. 
that's true that is very true and you know that even though we're talking about it in regards to sourdough it's it's pervasive and in other types of authentic food that that we know about as well i mean i can just think about um you know in the fermentation process of making kimchi or sauerkraut yeah you get when you get more commercial on it you'll find that people have added things that maybe is not even really needed and that that can be very frustrating yeah yeah and of course and of course sourdough is also a fermenting process as well isn't it oh totally i mean the fermentation in some of the loaves the fermentation can be up to 24 hours if not more so there, there are two stages uh, well, there are more than two stages. The, the first stage of the sourdough is what we call, now if you're a sourdough purist, that means you really follow the in its purest form. Uh, something what we call the autolyse phase. And the autolyse phase, that's basically when you just put water and flour on its own and you mix it and and it's, it depends on the flour that you're using and the type of loaf that you're creating is uh, what dictates how much time you need to leave it in the autolyse phase. And then, and then you add the starter and, and, and then you add the salt. And, and there's a process to how to add everything because you can't add everything together. It will have an impact on the strength of the gluten and, and how the dough is coming together, whether it will allow it uh, to break all those elements in the flower in the way they should break um, uh, interfere in the fermentation process and it's only after you add the three elements together is where the bulk fermentation kicks off yeah uh, and then you have you have something that's uh, you need to work the dough uh, for a period of approximately four hours uh, sometimes two sometimes four depends what you're doing uh, and then you leave it as the bulk fermentation time which goes up to uh, an additional two or three hours um, and then you tape and you leave for a period of time and that's the bulk fermentation continues um, and then and then you do the final shaping and you put you put in the box could you do the bench resting and then the, the dough is still developing all this time and wow. then you, you put it in the fridge for approximately 12 to 13 hours at the end yeah, that's, so it, that, it, that's it, a long process. It's enjoyable. It's it's a long process. It's enjoyable, but uh, you know, uh, the real joy is when you see someone get and and you can you can see the smile on their face. Like yes, it's it's just something good, and it's always good to share. As you said, food is to share with people. Yes, and um, so about the beetroot um, sourdough. Mm. What made you try that? Was it something? Do you love beetroot? I actually I, I love beetroot, but I'm not like I wouldn't I wouldn't crave beetroot. If it's available, I would eat it. If it's in a salad, I would eat it. But uh, for me, I love vivid colors, mm. and uh, and for me, it's uh, most of the sourdough variations that are not necessarily common, and you, you can't even find in in uh, artisan bakeries. Uh, is basically curiosity, and it's all driven by things. I've experienced when I've traveled or things that reminds me of my childhood or so practice and the beetroot was was a foreign term of color mm. and then I I thought okay beetroot usually we eat it with uh, goat cheese or feta cheese could make that combination so so and the, the, that's where the creation started and said so like okay I would experiment with that and then I did the filling 
and I added some spices as well. I won't be revealing them here. Uh, and and then it's just turned out to be to be really good. Uh, and fingers crossed, it's one of the loves that I'm I'm waiting to hear whether it's going to be nominated for an award by How the end exciting. of exciting. That's really yeah. exciting. So yeah. guys, you may not be. Um, you know, you may not ever get to taste this feature, but I hope you do. But if you want to see it, I know that um, Ed has lots and lots of pictures on his Instagram, um, which is Ed. Uh, it's at uh, the handle is at I am Ed Baker. Yeah, what a cool name! What a really cool name, <laughs> Ed Baker. Um, yeah. And um, also, I know that um, you are actually. Um, doing some events um, around Greenwich yeah. to uh, raise awareness um, and you've been doing some starters and giving away some samples. Are you yeah. still going to be doing that throughout the month of Yeah, September? I think I think uh, it's, uh, it's going to be consistent throughout uh, September, every Saturday in September. Uh, there will definitely be sourdough starter for people to pick up in Made in Greenwich, uh, just across the street from Katisar. Um, and uh, that's you'll be there, of... won't you? Sorry again, and you will be there. I will be there. I mean, last Saturday I was there because I was doing a full demonstration and I was showing the people how to do the stretching and folding and just to walk them through the process of it. Uh, this Saturday it would be I would be there for probably uh, one hour or two, uh, rather than the full day like last Saturday. But then there, there is a, a planning session for the Saturday after because that would be the first Saturday where my product becomes available for people to also buy if they want. Uh, and, and then I would probably be spending the whole day there just opening another opportunity for people who'd like to have a um, uh, face-to-face chat yeah. uh, about it. That's great. And Ed, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm really excited to have you on the Greenwich Pantry team as well. Thank and you um, hopefully you'll be running some classes, some of your classes in in the very near future and um, if you if anyone listening wants to check Ed out please do that Um, I know that you've got a website and you've got lots of pictures on Instagram and um, you can also look at the tags uh, with Greenwich Pantry and uh, yeah so it's been really really nice talking to you and hopefully people have got some insight into uh, what sourdough bread should be, um, and uh, and I hope they're all drooling now. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. My 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 probably my last message to our uh, lovely audience uh, or the listeners: uh, if you feel bloated after you're eating bread, that means you're eating an, a, a bread that is not uh, uh, following uh, the um, process that we're talking about, and uh, we urge to reconsider uh, and really uh, try to uh, get into the sourdough uh, lifestyle, if you want, or join the sourdough revolution that we're trying to promote. Uh, uh, just because we care about you and uh, we know that uh, uh, with your help we can spread the word of mouth even more. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
there you have it guys I hope you enjoyed listening to that and I really hope that you get into the um, sourdough uh, bread making uh, train and um, begin to experiment yourself because most of these things are possible Um, we just kind of need to devote our time and effort into um, understanding a little bit more about it, um, have someone to guide us and, um, and, and make mistakes and learn and um, get better. So um, I'm going to just leave you with my usual spiel, which is, you know where to contact us. And uh, if you've got any questions, um, info at greenwichpantry.com or you can leave a voice message on the anchor and um, yeah so I do promise to finish off on the um, the food and summer episode um, I think we've got one more and then we're going to go straight into food and the autumn and yeah have a lovely time whatever it is you're going to be doing and hopefully it'll be baking cooking or making something delicious bye for now